the most important thing believe it's the hardest thing hardest thing but it's the most important thing um and it has to be you know true and through without i think that um the deeper belief the deep knowing that you can have and and be also being okay like if that belief changes and just continuing to honor that new truth is incredibly important sometimes when people think that they're reaching their inner potential the first path that they take may not be the right path but it may be the right path to get them to their next path so just continue to believe that what you're feeling feelings are your your inner guidance system um and i think that the more that people tune into that and stop resisting things for for the logical reasons the happier they'll be and the farther they'll go Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man Podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes is living their most authentic life. Our guest today is from Redondo Beach, California. At the age of 21, she was diagnosed with colon cancer and battles Crohn's disease. After being introduced to a class of super foods of adaptogens and adding them into her diet, she was cancer-free within three months. She then created Tutu, formerly made by, uh, which is a vegan cookie dough using powerful superfoods in a delicious way that no one could resist. I'm telling you right now, they are fantastic. For all the OG Bearded Man followers, she was the guest for episode 135 of Purpose in the Youth podcast. Today on the podcast, Sydney Webb. Woo! She's here. I'm here. She's arrived. I have arrived. Second podcast we've ever done. I know. I was just thinking about that today. I can remember just so well where I was in my life the last time that we met. Yeah, literally. So that was June of 2019. So when crazy. we, I think we probably recorded it maybe at the end of May, but it came out, I think, the first or second week of June of 2019. So that's literally. It honestly feels like longer than that ago. I think yeah. because last year was just such a, a crap show. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, time flies. I know it's time crazy. Really does fly. I was so weirdly hyped when you had you had came through to do that podcast, and you know, excuse me, living in Sun Valley, California, there wasn't a lot going on out there. But when you had told me that that was the HQ for where you guys yes, were baking your cookies, now. I was like, Yeah, all right, something good. Out of, <laughs> they, other than some my podcast, there were some Sun good Valley. things that were coming out of Sun Valley. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, it's so crazy. Like. I mean, 24 months, 25 months later, and here we are. And here we are. What's the What's the biggest change in you as an entrepreneur since then? Because there's been a lot that has changed. Yeah. Um, I honestly feel like every part of me has changed, really. I think that, well, at that time, I was a one-woman show. Mm. I was doing everything, and I mean everything, yeah. from baking everything, delivering everything, posting all the social media pictures, responding to all the emails. Um, so I think a big change has been like now we have a team and it's been so special, but also difficult in a different way, being able to like hand out and hand off those responsibilities. Um, I think that I'm getting much better at asking for help when I need it mm. instead of just leaning into the thought or the idea that I have to do it on my own. Um, I think that's been a huge, huge, huge learning for me. And the more that I do it, the more I realize like, why why didn't i do this yeah sooner? you gotta delegate as soon as possible totally, yeah totally. but and that's the other thing too is like when you're when you're in it and you're starting off you're so used to doing everything yourself that you just you know the way how things should be done and so mm -hmm. you think that trying to trust somebody else is actually not going to be productive because you're gonna have to double check the work you're gonna have to show them what they did wrong but then eventually at some point 
They understand the process. They understand what you're totally. looking for. Then allows you to focus on the bigger picture yeah. items. Yeah, it's definitely scary when it's your baby and you you know you know it better than anyone else. But I think that the biggest um, win across the board has been um, we've just been so fortunate to bring on people that are so deeply equally passionate. And I think beyond beyond anything, passion has always been like one of the most important like aka skills to hire for because mm. you can't teach that to somebody. Um, I think that in the beginning, I just kind of went into it like expecting like, oh, well, they should know how to do this or they should know how we operate. Um, But just taking a step back and taking a pause to just really be fully 110% present in training them and, and, you know, educating them on our ethos and telling them about my story and why it's so important. Um, That then it's like, you know, you give them the fuel that they need and, and it's no longer like this back and forth they have like that fire that burns with inside them Mm. to go yeah i think what's so obvious to me about your story and your brand and why you do what you do is the reasoning of why Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty much the it's creating a product that you needed excuse me that you've seen the benefits from and now wanting to give that to the people in their masses Mm -hmm. and that just immediately i just think of like working for liquid iv and the why changing the world helping people hydrate and live better lives which then even inspires the people that work for you because it's not just about making money it's not just about uh, how many how much product we sell this month it's about what's the grand purpose and i think that's so clear to me uh about why you do what you do how do you know when somebody's the right fit. I know you said passion, yeah. but like even then, it's like how do you shake out passion in someone in a small, in a quick interview? Is there a certain question? Is there a certain uh, personality or trait about somebody that you know this is like green light, this is somebody you need to hire? That's a really good question. I think that hiring was something that I thought was going to be so much easier than it's been um, because there is so many moving parts, especially as like, you know, this really cute baby startup. We have so much changing every Mm. single day in the last few months, like the entire structure of our team has changed, our operations have changed. And so um, I think someone who is incredibly, um, you know, they're flexible and they're willing to roll with the punches and adapt. The mm. adaptability is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's been really a, a very interesting like pull between like, okay, we want to have someone on board that like has experience doing this. But also if you hire someone that almost, you know, that's only been within the corporate world in a very different company structure, they may, even though they're incredibly skilled at what they do, those skill sets may not translate into mm. being what we need right now um so i think looking for someone who has taken a company from a to b or from b to c is really important and kind of matching that skill set with where you are in that moment because there are some gems that will be with you from the beginning of your company to the end but more often than not you know you'll have to bring in these different people when you get to these different points so i think the adaptability has been huge and and matching those skill sets with what we need and not getting too ahead of ourselves by getting someone too senior um but also having someone like i said with that with that basis level experience yeah startup world you have to be willing to to think on the fly oh yeah and you have to outside of the box all the time yeah (laughs) there's there's pros and cons obviously to working to a major corporation i've never had experience working in that world but there's security, there's mm-hmm. like, this is your one role and yeah. that's it. Whereas obviously startup, most people are wearing multiple hats. Oh, yeah. And even then, 
uh, your your position can completely change. Like I started <laughs> as creative in, in Liquid IV and then now I'm in sales. Like yep. you would not imagine that shift happening, but it naturally happened and it, it was honestly one of the best things that could have happened. But uh, if you're not, if you don't have that mindset of being kind of open to where your leadership trusts and believes you should be, mm-hmm. you're just going to resist it and it's yeah. just not going to be good and nothing productive is going to happen. Yeah, from exactly. It. Exactly. Adaptability is everything, especially in the beginning because yeah. you do have to wear so many hats, so many hats. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, obviously I think the biggest out, I mean, even, um, just thinking about the last two years within both of our lives, there's a lot that's changed. One thing that immediately is a big change, and this happened more so in just the last couple of months, is a rebrand. Yes. Talk to me about that process because honestly, I think you did it so flawlessly, um, which I know there was probably a lot of headaches and like um, stressing about like, one, do we Everything. do this? Two, do we fall through with it? Three, how do we, how do we like tell the world about it. Like, I think just the rebrand process of a business is so difficult to do, mm-hmm. but from outside looking in, it seems like you and the team have done it well, and it seems like it didn't really affect much. What was the process like and why? Yeah, so I think maybe I'll start with the why. Um, so Toto was formerly made by, and the name made by came from really my direct experience of healing and i wanted to help people to define what they were made by Mm. um and i think that obviously toto still stems the inspiration still stems from my story um, but i really wanted to build something that was beyond myself and could live on without me necessarily being connected to it i really wanted to build a brand and a movement not just like this is my company that i'm building for myself Mm -hmm. Um, and so the name toto the phrase in toto means whole complete or in its entirety in latin and we wanted something that was going to embody not only my story but most importantly the way that the products make people feel and like what they embody within themselves and and how we want to operate within the world um so it was really like this idea of like okay what what is our overarching mission here and like how could a rebrand help us structure that um so i think that was once we decided that we were going to and we really wanted to have a bigger message even within our name um that was step one uh once we decided on a name it was it was all the logistical uh you know things behind the scenes it was uh you know from figuring out what our packaging was going to be to who was going to design things for us to i mean it it happened um i would say we rebranded rather quickly um from like start to finish i think we got everything done in about three and a half months um which may not might sound like a long time but it, it it went so quickly um and, and we worked with an amazing, amazing agency to help us redo everything and really like bring our vision and mission to life. Um, I think that part of the reason that we wanted to do this rebrand, and if you go back and see all of the former made by things, the the vibe was very different. Um, and it was definitely a strategic play for us. If you look at our packaging and branding now, it's very fun. It's very mm. bright. It's very happy and inviting. And part of my mission when I started all of this was to really be able to bring these healing, powerful, nourishing, life-changing things to people that wouldn't normally seek them out. Um, So by blending this idea of maybe more familiar, bright, conventional Mm. with these 
very obscure, like, you know, weird, air quote, weird things that people have never <laughs> heard of before. Um, it, it's like a sense of familiarity. So I think that when you're introducing something new into people's lives, um, there has to be something for them to connect it to or else it's going to seem too weird. Mm. Was it was it uh, a difficult decision to go from selling products that were already ready to eat to then now it's out of a conventional dough dough and yeah. you have to bake it? and So I would say yes and no. Um, Obviously, I know people love the cookies, which can still be made. Fantastic. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten on the Bearded Man review. The reason was really more so thinking of like what our goals are with the company. And our our goals are really to expand nationwide in retail. Um, And since the product has no preservatives or anything of any kind, um, it's pretty much impossible to be able to ship something nationwide with like a two-week shelf life and get Mm. it in people's hands and in their fridge and you know consumed all within that period of time so i i mean i was never like changing the recipe was never even a question for me i was like okay well we just need to find another way to deliver this to people in the form that it is um and so the cookie dough same exact recipe same exact everything um it's just in dough form so and it lasts like you know three to four months depending on the flavor Mm. so it'll allow us to go into you know nationwide distribution and get into people's homes and all of those things and and really it's just about access it gives us better access to people Mm. smart to think about that now before it becomes a problem where you're like (laughs) you're probably already feeling it come down on you so it's like all right we got to make some changes got to figure it out now yeah yeah Yeah. that's tough That is that is a hot seat to be in. It is a hot seat <clears throat> to be in, and if, if there's anyone out there listening about thinking <laughs> thinking about starting refrigerated products, um, I my sentiments are sent to you, <laughs> <laughs> sending you love and all the best luck. If you need anything, reach out. Um, that was just also you know another challenge. I I've never done this before, and so there were so so many questions. I mean, still every day I'm like, well, how how are we gonna do this? Let's think of the logistics of X, Y, Z. And it's not as simple as like just making a decision sometimes. There's mm. just like, there's many different implications of one small change. Yeah, talking to founders just like blows my mind because I'm like, all right, how do I how do I deliver more content social media wise? Like that's my biggest struggle is like, how do I get more <laughs> that's eyeballs? That's also not easy. You know, not, well, but you even have to also do that on top of like <laughs> then sell the product and then get it to somebody. So it's a whole nother uh, logistical mm-hmm. nightmare that it's like, man, I learned so much in just trying to build a brand through social media totally. content, which is really just asking for people's time and attention. Mm-hmm. Never mind, then say, hey, would you like to buy the product? Like, you have to do the right. same thing where you have to curate something that's going to grab people's attention uh, and then emotionally connect with them to a point where they go, I actually want to give you my money to right. then buy this. So it's, uh, it's just, I have. So much respect for entrepreneurs. And then even living with Robbie and really yeah. seeing it in the last seven months, I'm just like, you have my <laughs> blessings, sir. You have my blessings. I love it. I love it. And I will say, though, uh, to your point about video content and people's time, I think that especially now as as things change within like the brand world, I've seen some of the most successful companies are the ones that can do exactly that, like mm. buy more time from people online mm. because the more more people are engaged with you and feel like they know you mm. personally, then it's beyond, you know, this just tastes good. Mm. Um, especially if you're in like a saturated market. I, I've just seen so many brands doing it so incredibly well. And, and that's something that we're really leaning into over the next six months. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you think 
a brand, what's the best tactic a brand can do? Because I know we were talking about this last night. Like, how do you emotionally connect with somebody on a deep level to build a relationship just through brand? Not before you even sell the product, mm-hmm. how do you think a brand should be approaching building that emotional connection with somebody so that when they see the logo, it kind of like invokes something you feel within something. them? Yeah. yeah, I think it's probably. It's the same but different for each brand. One brand that I know that's doing it incredibly well and I've talked about them at like to an extent with so many different people is a company called Midday Squares. You, you familiar? You talked about it last night? Yes. Yeah, okay, you're, exactly. You're literally, I told you. Are, you, literally I a, are you a brand I ambassador for them? <laughs> I should be. <laughs> um, they do such an incredible job. Um, it's a functional chocolate bar, and, which is... If you think, you know, you have the, you're going against the Hershey's and the Nestle's and the the Milky Ways and the, you know, the, these huge monopolies within the chocolate space. And so one thing that they've just owned is the storytelling um, and their brand is like being bold and showing everything. So on their Instagram and they also have a podcast, um, they just show absolutely everything. They show the founders going to therapy. They show the founders, um, you know dealing with issues in the production room they show i mean they show absolutely every little piece you can imagine and they turn it into like almost these little reality show snippets Mm. and it's fascinating because you feel so involved you know what's going on you know when i met them in person a few months ago i you know was gonna ask the it's a, a married couple and a brother and sister they're they're all founders and I almost asked him, like, you know, how are you guys doing? Like, did that argument pan out when I had never even met them before? And mm. that was my first conversation with them. But I, yet I felt like I knew them so well already. And I've been preaching their product to everybody know, <laughs> I know here <laughs> because I love them as people so much. And they, they've just done such an incredible job building relationships with people. So um, for them, I think that they own, like, bold and showing everything. But I will say as, like, a blanket... Uh, blanket statement for companies in general. I think the more that you can show who runs the company and what you do, like the essentially the behind the scenes of what it actually takes, it is so incredibly interesting to your audience because a lot of the times with big companies, you have no idea who runs the company. Mm-hmm. It just it becomes this entity and it's no longer people you know, actual physical human beings that are working on this every day. So I think that the more that you can make people feel like they know you and hopefully actually really get to know them, um, the more, you know, that's like the long game for sure. You know, you can run Facebook ads or you can you can put up blog posts and, and put up YouTube videos and all that's amazing. But I think the more that you can genuinely find a way to connect and engage on a regular basis is game changer. Yeah. And, and we talked about this last night, but Gary Vee's been preaching this exactly. since like 2015. Yeah. Since I started paying attention. He's, one he's of like, the OGs. it doesn't matter if you're a brand, if you're trying to build a product or a personal brand, like you need to become a media production company. Mm-hmm. And that's not, <clears throat> and when he says that, he doesn't necessarily mean like you need to create your own ads, you need yeah. to create your own visual content for your product or your service, but more so just showing people the process. People just want to know you. People they just want to know, know you. The one I, uh, one day, I've I've only ran into Gary Vee a couple times in my life, but one day I'm gonna get on one knee the next time I see him and thank him <laughs> because so much of uh, what helped me build my brand and my story was my unapologeticness of just like showing the behind the scenes of driving yes. the Uber life, yes, and even just like the the process of like 
the last podcast, Purpose Needs Warrior, was like, I mean, this podcast is still in my bed, Rudy, of the bedroom studio. <laughs> but even then, just showing people that, like, I, I, I didn't realize at the time, like, um, how fortunate I was to have that confidence to show mm-hmm. it because I didn't give a fuck. Like, I was like, I'm out here in the Uber. I got my lunch. I mean, going on hour 10 of driving, like, it, it just didn't, I didn't feel any less than anybody else. Yeah. And it was solely because Gary Vee had just, like, infused this into my brain of, like, Whatever you do, just own it, and that's going to build on brand, and it's going to add to your story. So So whether you're the Uber driver or whether you're the startup founder or whether you are the chef or whether you are in the process of becoming a police officer in the training, like just showing, and we're seeing on TikTok, Mm -hmm. what goes goes viral on TikTok is people showing the process, showing the process of something. And so I just think people... People want to know you. Mm-hmm. They want to. They might love the product, but they want to know the person behind it. And uh, there's no better time than now than to show that, whether yeah. it's podcast, YouTube, or totally. visual content. I think it's fascinating because that before now, I think like you don't unless you are going to YouTube to watch like a how it's made video or like actually seek out this information. Kind of to like you know you'd have to go digging to yes. find any sort of behind the scenes because a lot of companies probably just didn't even film any of it before. But now the access that people feel like they have to be able to see that yeah. is is huge, huge. Yeah. It's so different. It's unbelievable. Um, another big thing that happened for you this year was, uh, I know you went through like fundraising in the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. which to me seems like, oh, not a fun process. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you have the best time of your life, but I just... I can't even imagine uh, that process in of itself, but how do you convince people to, you know, we're just talking about selling a product Mm -hmm. and getting people to obviously buy it, but more so, not even are you just selling a product, but you're selling the why, right? How, How did you approach getting people to see your vision and seeing your story to want to buy into you in the product and wanting to be a part of what you were building? Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever met a founder that has ever loved fundraising. If, they, if there's one out there, I'd love to know them. <laughs> but even when you're in when you're in a great situation and everything's going well, like it's definitely easier, but it's a it's a full-time job in and of itself, uh, you know, having conversations with people. And, and, and since this was our first time, like most, I'd say maybe about half of the people um, that I had conversations with were people that I didn't know before. Mm. Um, and so some people I already knew, you know, we had that relationship already. Um, but for the people that don't know you, not only is it their first impression of you, but then you're also convincing them of the vision. Um, you know, obviously the product is a big piece of it. Like if they like it and they're enjoying it, that's that's a big thing for most people. Um, but I think that one thing that I learned is like to our point with with the videos is that for any founder planning to raise money, you have to learn and own and practice your ability to tell a story. Mm. Um, it is I'm t- I mean, I, I've and I've had the same advice from so many other different founders within our within the food and beverage space and other spaces as well. Um, a lot of the times, especially when you're an early company and you don't have a ton of data and you don't have a ton of, you know, here's my last five years of sales, you're really selling the story and yourself, obviously. And if the product's great, amazing. It definitely helps your case. Um, but I think that if, and not all founders are going to be that person that are 
you know, maybe that maybe they're more shy. Maybe they aren't the best person to tell a story. But finding someone who is going to be that best face for you to tell your story um, makes all the difference. And I think knowing who you're talking to um, is also extremely important. So, for example, um, if I knew I was going to talk to someone who had a lot of experience in operations and had run, you know, really large company, I would make sure to reiterate like how we plan to work our operations and why that was so important. Mm. Um, And just the story itself doesn't change. The vision and the goals never change. I think it's just about knowing your audience, Um, knowing your audience and knowing how to tell a story. And um, the more confidently you can do that and the more convincing you can be, the easier everything else becomes. Yeah. I would imagine too, it's just like putting in reps, like your first time pitching is not as... Oh, it was so uncomfortable. I I didn't even... (laughs) I truly didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to physically ask someone if they were interested in investing um, because I was so, I was just, I was terrified. I was like, I, I, this feels weird. I'm not, I'm not comfortable asking for people for money because I've just always kind of been a person like you want something, you go out there, you get it yourself. Um, And so it was a very, uh, it was a challenging process at first, but now I know like the next time that we raise money, I, it, it'll just feel like you said, just putting in the reps. Yeah. A lot, e- lot easier the next time around. Oh boy. I can only imagine. A lot easier the next time around. Um, yeah. I think that product storytelling and know your audience. The most important piece is obviously like, I should say most of the time, the most important piece is the product. Um, making sure that you have some sort of competitive advantage. Mm. Um, because, you know, there's, there's always going to be people popping up left and right. Um, we've even seen it in our in our space too and so I think your competitive advantage doesn't necessarily just need to be something about the product like for example midday squares their chocolate bar there's a ton of other chocolate bars but their competitive advantage is their ability to storytell and their media and so it doesn't just have to be one thing your competitive advantage can be your story it can be how you're going to get people behind the brand Um, I think just honing in on what those things are going to be for you or like what you want to do first before you start yeah. Pop it on the phone. Yeah, it makes sense. Like if I'm somebody that's open to having conversations about investing in a company, then obviously my first thing is what's the product? Okay, cool. Now I understand that. But what's the foundation they're building? Right. On? Like, they want to know how you're going to protect their money. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we don't want my 10 grand just getting right. flushed, down the, flushed down the drain. Um, you've been dating Steve O'Dell, co-founder yes. of Tensile T for quite some time. He was a past guest of this pod for episode 86. What is one pro to dating another entrepreneur <laughs> and one challenge? Uh, you already know he's going to be listening to this. Uh, He's going to be, he's going to turn up the volume right (laughs) Right? now, shut down the laptop. Oh gosh. Okay. I mean, there's, there's a lot, a lot of pros. Um, I met Steve when I was like, I basically started my company out of our apartment, um, just before we, just before we met. And so it's been really special to be able to like build this alongside of each other while Mm. he's also building a company. And I, I mean, He's like a, a stand-in co-founder to me. I just ask him so many things throughout the day. He's still extremely productive. Don't worry, everybody. He's still getting all the stuff done. Um, but it's been it's been so helpful because he's been through a lot of the same things that I've been through. And so, you know, on the days where I'm having a small mental breakdown or a giant mental breakdown, he knows what's on the other side of that. And I know I do. I know that deep down too. But sometimes you just need someone else to tell you. Yeah. Um. So big pros, I would say having someone to confide in that understands um and can just continue to motivate you to be better and to grow and to push yourself um he's also another pro 
I'd put this in the pro category. Um, he's challenged me to do things that I really dislike. I'm not someone who in the past loved financials and numbers. And Sounds uh, like my nightmare. All, all of the projection goodness. Um, but I've learned to, I wouldn't say I love it, but like I can do it now and I feel a lot more confident in my ability to do that. So I think um, he just, he pushes me to become a better version of myself because he sees my potential and he, you know, has been a, a deep believer in seeing literally the day one of me making things out of our apartment to driving things to like, you know, go deliver it to locations. And he's seen this evolution of like what it's become over the last couple of years. Um, one con is I think our brains don't ever really shut off. Um, and so, you know, We'll finish working for the day, but then we're still talking about whatever's Business. going on. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think about this? And it's it's honestly it's a great thing, but I think it's um, we we have to make a very um, you know very specific time to like okay we're not going to talk about work we're yeah. just going to unplug um, yeah it's important very important well the fir- the first thing of being uh, well let's go off of that <clears throat> I think it's a a great thing that you both clearly love what you do. Mm-hmm. So you don't mind uh, talking. It's just so like part of your life. Yeah. that It's just like, it. it's a lifestyle, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there, it's a really, I do, I do hear you because I do the same where it's like, I, I need to pick <laughs> certain times in my week where yeah. I'm not like talking yeah. about work. But at the same time, it's like, I fucking love what I do. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about it. I'll talk to long. you any about, yeah. you know, any hour of the day. But obviously there are other times where it's like, all right, let's like, cut yeah. this this time frame and yeah. we're not talking about I've learned more. that I, I need that time to just like completely detach yeah to be able to come back you but, know but to go to the what you were just saying about like the financials right and mm-hmm. it's not really your what you enjoy to do but you learn to do it and I think that is like <clears throat> the one thing outside looking in and the reason I always love talking to founders is because it's like you're as a founder you have to be willing to do the things you don't want to do mm-hmm. and so most CEOs and founders, like even if they grow to that $200 million business at a, at a high level, they can still have a conversation in a financial meeting, in a marketing meeting, in an operations meeting, in a sales meeting, because to get from zero to 200, they at one point had to just do everything themselves. Mm So, uh, that's the one thing I've always respected about people like yourself, where it's like, you recognize not really something I love to do. Not, I don't really care to be (laughs) in the Excel too much, but it's part of, building the business totally and, and i think uh, having a baseline knowledge of these things is really important especially when you want to bring on people and yes. hire them obviously you know sometimes there's going to be you know if we brought on a cfo i would expect them to know a lot more than i do but i would know the baseline of like what needs to get done and and i it would be really exciting to be able to learn from them too but i do think yeah being able to have to baseline knowledge of everything um be a really fantastic generalist is like necessary yeah you're yeah. gonna you're gonna start shifting from the uh, executor to the delegator yes and yes. having people do the things that maybe aren't your favorite parts of the business yes. but at least you can have a conversation and understand whatever it yep. is that they're talking about um this is where we're gonna kind of shift more into you because i think uh we, we've gotten some updates on, on the business <laughs> stuff but uh may 18th you had posted something along the lines of um quote unquote lately i've realized how unsexy self-love really is most of the time it's not always bubble baths and face masks. Sometimes it's being conscious enough to pull yourself out of the spiral spiral when you start to fall in. What self-love practices help you be the best version of yourself? And also, interesting enough, because I had, I mean, we 
we've had to reschedule a couple times, but mm-hmm. this Saturday actually happens to be National Self Love Day. So oh, I love that. I, I think the uh, self love <laughs> self care day. So the timing can be better. But what are what are some practices that help you be the best version of yourself? Um, I think for the most part, there's a few things that have been like core to me keeping my sanity. Um, one thing that I've implemented again as more as of recently is working out in the morning. Mm. Um, I mean, I grew up an athlete and I, physical fitness is like incredibly important to me, not from a aesthetic perspective, but just from the way I feel. I, I mean, my brain, it's like nine day, how mm-hmm. I feel and how I can focus. Um, when I've just done some movement in the morning. Um, so for me, that's a non-negotiable. I will work out first thing when I wake up. Um, and I just feel so much better. And then when I get home, I will journal and read for about 30 minutes to an hour. Um, I do everything typically before like 8, 8 a.m.-ish. Mm-hmm. So I've like had a good chunk of the morning to myself. Um, and that's that's really like my time to pause, to breathe, to reflect, um, you know, then I'll do my, I call them sprints throughout the day, <laughs> sprint, get all this work done. <laughs> um, and then I will typically towards the end of the day, go on another walk for like, I walk about five miles um, towards the end of the day. Wow. Just again, it <clears throat> not, not, has nothing to do with like, I'm not trying to get my steps in. I just, I need it like to reprocess everything. It's almost like the the morning is like my time to ground myself. I get settled in for the day. I, you know, hone in on what I need to do. At the end of the day, I still have so much energy like built up inside of me that mm-hmm. I need to like get it decompress. So I'll go on a walk and typically throughout the day, you know, there's a million things running through my mind of like, oh, well, we need to do this and that and this and that. And, and a lot of the day is spent like on the executing. And so sometimes I'm on my walks. It'll be like, that's where a lot of ideas come and mm. or if I'm stressed about something throughout the day, I've uh, developed this new technique where I'll put in my AirPods and like like as if I'm on a call and I will just start talking to myself. But I, I put the AirPods in for effect so people think I'm talking <laughs> to someone. But I will just start talking that. and saying all of the things the anxieties and the fears that I'm having like you know I'm, I'm worried that this won't happen on time or I feel anxious like I'm worried how this is gonna go and and once I start speaking these things out loud I can't even tell it sounds so simple and sometimes the the things that work the best really are the most simple but it has made such a difference for me because typically all of these fears are extremely unfounded um, and the likelihood of them actually coming true is like slim to none um but it doesn't mean that they don't still come up so being able to say them out loud i like recognize how absurd they are i'm like okay now i, I can get over it it's yeah out, it's, it's out of my system um so yeah that's also been super helpful i love the fact that you put in the airpods so for that effect. you're now for not effect so that if <laughs> somebody's walking by they're yeah. not thinking you're crazy yeah. you're, just like, <laughs> you're just like talking a lot like get this out of your Dude, head <laughs> but that's also interesting because I remember at Tracy's going away party when we had to write notes mm-hmm. and throw it in the fire and it was about what are the things in your life that you want to get rid of or I think it was also like what call what are in. things that yeah, yeah call in. You had talked about I think it was limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. What Are there certain limiting beliefs that have been common in your life even mm. in the last year or what were some of those that kind of came to mind that made you write limiting beliefs? I think for... I really think that my most common limiting belief now has come up as a result of my increased responsibility. Um, And I think, you know, as you grow, it's such a blessing that you're surrounded by, you know, people that are doing bigger and better things than you. And so I think 
part of what I was experiencing was a bit of like imposter syndrome. Like, you know, who am I? I, mm-hmm. I haven't, I don't have all this experience. Like I, I don't even have a co-founder. I'm doing this alone. Like am I qualified enough to be the person in my shoes? And so um, I was having a lot of uh, fears around being the only person leading my company. Um, and I mean that in the most like honest and transparent way because I, I looked to so many other successful companies. I was like co-founder, 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 co-founder. Mm. Like I, and it's so empowering to be the sole person making the decisions and guiding the vision. Um, but I think when I felt the weight of this responsibility really on my shoulders, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, this is you. all on me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great and it's exciting and it's amazing. Um, but I think I was just like, I had a moment where I was like, you know, kind of having a freak out. But the, those moments of breakdowns typically for me really happen right before a big breakthrough. Mm. Um, and so it, it'll typically take me getting to a point of like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to implode. And then I like explode mm. in, a, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The... It's interesting that you bring up the founder and co-founder because uh, that was like something I had, I think it was on a Guy Raz podcast of how I built this mm-hmm. and he talked, I don't forget who he was talking to, but one of the common, actually it was in his book. I was, I've been reading, I read his book a couple months ago and uh, one of the common themes or common questions that uh, this VC would ask is, do you have a co-founder? Yes. Because they recognize yes. how much pressure yes. it is when you are starting up. Yep. And if you don't, if it's all on you, the likelihood of you succeeding might be lower than if, it, if you know, you the pressure was split across yeah. two people. But I also think just you having Steve to lean on mm-hmm. and on top of all the other incredible people that I know you're surrounded by, whether it's founders or influencers or people that do things at a high level that mm-hmm. even if you don't have a co-founder you still have people to lean on which totally. then gives you the fuel to obviously keep 100%, going 100 yeah i know I, I know exactly the statistic you're talking about because i went through i went through that process yeah. when i was fundraising that i was asked like do you have a co-founder do you plan on bringing one on um and i think um just owning that like you said i, I even though i am the only founder i'm not the only person now yeah. on my team now yeah. we have a team now we're a team building it up baby (laughs) building it up uh also interesting because i like i said i prepped for this podcast a couple weeks ago now things are fucking spiking (laughs) with uh this delta but Uh. um (laughs) there was a quote you had i think you had written this a couple months ago too i pull a lot of quotes because i think there's always there's always depth to it but uh you had said what if this global shutdown was really a breakdown so we could finally have a breakthrough what for you have been some of the biggest takeaways from the pandemic and all the stillness Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, one of the first things that comes to mind is like the immediate group of who I was surrounding myself with on a regular basis. Um, I think that I am so fortunate to know so many amazing people. And I think that for me, um, the last really the the year and at first year and a half of me building <laughs> made by by myself was so incredibly time consuming, life consuming, mm-hmm. um, that I didn't really see a lot of people. Amen. And so, which was, I, you know, I, I was prepared for that um, sacrifice or for that decision. And so I really missed so much like the deep connection aspect of my life yep. um, and having those people I could call, you know, 3 a.m., 2 a.m. and for anything. Um, And I know that those people still existed all along, but it was more so like me actually feeling and recognizing that for myself. So I think that 
when I was kind of like in the middle of COVID or maybe even, you know, towards the beginning, I took a look at who I was immediately surrounded by and like who who do I feel inclined to text and like check in and, and see what's going on and make sure they're okay and, and see if their family's doing okay. And, and I I realized, um, you know, even with the some of the friends that I did see during the pandemic, I would, I was just, I became very, very deeply aware of my energy on my way to see them and my energy on, you know, when, when I was done hanging mm. out with them. And I, I really took inventory of like, okay, how, how do, do I feel energized and do I feel lit up and happy and inspired? Or do I feel like, well, like, like, yeah, I guess it was like cool to pass the time, but like, I don't, you know. I don't feel like a, a better person coming out of that. And I don't mean that in any sort of like, you know, like way to be mean at all. I think it's just, you know, there there's different a, waves. You're on yeah, different waves. Exactly. Of life. Exactly. And I think that um, one of my main focuses over the last six months was like just really calling in and accepting and putting myself in the position to have that deep connection again. Um, it And it's so funny because so many of these people who have been close friends who I just hadn't seen in a while like it was like I almost felt like I was letting down the floodgates like they had been there all along just waiting on the sides and and when I finally like actually started to see people again and and you know asked to hang out it was like oh my gosh I didn't realize how how much I really missed this so reevaluating like friendships and what that means for me has been huge um and then I think also just like how how I'm spending my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that obviously a lot of it is spent, you know, working on stuff for Toto, but I've just realized, I, I feel like I have a lot of moments that people have on their deathbed on a regular basis in, in, a, in a good way, not in a morbid way, but I, I feel one question that it's come up for me a lot is like, you know, if, if I died tomorrow or if I found out that I only had, you know, a year left on this planet, like how would I want to spend it? I'm so passionate about what I'm building, not because I I, I love a, a building a food business. That's just a vehicle to spread a bigger message. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the message is really, you know, that's, that is the whole purpose of why I'm doing this. But aside from that, how, like how much is that message going to mean when, you know, when I'm missing those deep connections, when I'm not taking that trip because I was busy, you know, building out a, a projections document or Mm -hmm. and I think so finding that balance for me has been so important to like really to the best of my ability work Monday through Friday only and really take a break to like enjoy and be in the moment on the weekend so I can get back to doing things full speed ahead on Monday yeah it's not a perfect science but it's gotten much much better and I've just realized the way that I feel is like nine day yeah I mean so like what you everything you just talked about was is, has been my whole process mm-hmm. of like anybody that's starting something whether it is a podcast or a business like that first year is it's extremely a grind, a grind <laughs> yeah. because you are going from having this crazy idea. vision in your life an idea vision in your head and trying to bring it to life mm-hmm. and so there yeah i mean literally i was off the grid for that entire first year yep. and then all the way for Year two and year three, I lightened up a little bit, but I was still pretty much off the grid. Yeah. Um, no regrets whatsoever, but definitely had to double down on myself. And 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 what you're just talking about is a great example is last night. Mm-hmm. I literally was editing a podcast. I could have easily just finished editing that podcast and watched 30 minutes of YouTube and passed out. But I was yep. like, you have you have told yourself going into this year, 
open my the quote I've been living by open to everything attached to nothing like I love that. okay what's the what is tomorrow tonight's opportunity this is speaking last night I've never been to this this, this yeah. overlook that's something new uh, there, uh I was told that there's gonna be other people there that I didn't know thankfully you and Steve were there so great to see <laughs> you guys but I, I, it was like okay I need to do this like yeah. if if the work isn't pressing mm-hmm. and I and it can be done tomorrow you need to make room. You've worked all day yesterday. You've worked from the time you sat down mm-hmm. at 8 a.m. through till 5 p.m. Like, go. Mm-hmm. Just say yes. Just yep. do it. And uh, that's something that I've been even trying to get better as just um, is stepping away from the work. And yeah. I talked about this recently on, on a solo pod is like how important breaks are. It's mm-hmm. like I you feel, <laughs> let's go, let's go. But you feel so more inspired yes. and motivated. Like, Sunday when I was flying back to LA, I was so fucking excited Ready? from Monday yeah. morning because I was like, I just took 10 days off the grid. No podcasting, no editing, no like no, nothing. No, nothing on you on Instagram. Like I really just tried to like step away and I was like, I am so ready to get back to it. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the breaks are crucial for your mental and physical Absolutely. health. And then also just like it reignites that inspiration and and uh, you need to step away. There's always going to be more work to always. do. Always. Always. If you ain't smelling the roses, when are you ever going to smell it? Exactly. You know? Exactly. So you got to smell them roses, ladies and gentlemen. I think, I don't know if it was on your podcast or something or read in a book, but um, it, it was a quote, something to the long, something along the lines of like, you can't delay your own happiness. Like there's not going to be more for you tomorrow just because you forfeited it today. Like yeah. you really have to take in those moments when they come. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. Jump on opportunities when they present themselves exactly. all within reason. Go watch uh, the sunset with your friends. Yeah. 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 That's, I'm happy I did that yesterday because I, it, I, not long ago, I just want to be like, don't need to yeah, do that. Yeah. I like, mean, because you just get in such a routine and that was part of, part of the, the, the tough part about COVID is like, yeah. I just got such a routine of being home, working all the time. And so now that things have opened up again, it's like, oh, well, that, now I have the option. Yeah. To I need to work on this part of my life yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. That stillness was crucial though. That, that oh, COVID, absolutely. man, it was, necessary. got me back into podcasting. Painful and, and necessary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Um, man, I just, I, I pulled so much stuff from your Instagram. just creeping. <laughs> I'm like, here for it's it. It's fucking great. Uh, there was a photo or vi- photo slash video of chocolate pancakes that you made on, mm. on your IG, which let me, let me tell you, they look fantastic. You open up a pancake shop, I will be there. Yeah. Um, but you made it. You talk about how you used to think that you didn't "quote unquote" deserve food like this mm-hmm. if it wasn't followed by a two-hour workout. Yep. Uh, and I love that you said bye-bye toxic thoughts. Hello, food freedom. I love that. <laughs> how have you learned to quiet and shut out these type of toxic thoughts? Even if it's not just the food is definitely. Um, important piece mm-hmm. I think a lot of people deal with but how have you learned if even if not just food how do you tune out that th- these toxic thoughts that can happen at any moment in time I think I was actually hoping that you would ask about this because it's, it's something that I haven't um talked about I have but not not on a podcast I've, I've spoke on um, a few different panels about um on eating disorders and like you know body dysmorphia and things along those lines and i think it's something i would say it's probably predominantly women at least statistics show that it's a predominantly women issue it's not to say that guys don't deal with it too but i think um for much of my you know my teens and my early 20s I just had such a, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had a very disordered way of functioning around food. Mm. Even though I was very healthy, um, that was almost 
somewhat somewhat of the problem. Um, I just avoided like entire food groups. And if I did eat something, I would it'd be followed by this like a incredible wave of guilt. Um, or I would just eat, like I'd be such in such a bad mood. I would sleep all day. I mean, it was it was bad, but at the time I just didn't know anything different. This mm-hmm. is like a I think, you know, I'd say it probably lasted for five, six years. Um, Like high school years? Late high school, early 20s. Um, And, you know, I thought I was doing like the healthy things because I was eating healthy foods. And and it wasn't, I I never, um, it never got to the point of like eating nothing. I was never anorexic. But the types of thoughts that went through my head, now being able to have this different perspective, looking back, it's so crazy that I ever thought that this was normal. But when you're when you're in these thoughts, that's all you really know. Um, and so I think that one beautiful thing that's actually come out of social media is being able to connect with. And I follow a lot of women who have been through similar experiences. Shout out to my girlfriend, Allie Bonar. She's in a, she's been like a huge inspiration to me. She runs a company called Outhouse. Um, she's all about body positivity and she's gone through a very similar experience. And I think that as a woman or man, um, to, to our point about, you know, going to watch the sunset, going to take that opportunity, um, not attaching food to like a value, like being good or bad. Food is food. There's food that is more nutritionally beneficial to you, but there's also food that, you know, is incredible to indulge in and supports you and your happiness in other ways. Um, I think that I, part of shifting those thoughts has like really been recognizing myself worth and who I am and what I bring to this world has absolutely nothing to do with the way that I look um, and and what number like I have on the scale. Mm -hmm. I always think it's so fun. I haven't weighed myself in years and I will keep it that way. You know, I'm working out five days a week and I really couldn't care less because it's not to me, it's not about the way that I look anymore. And if you had asked Sydney, you know, four or five years ago, she would not have said the same thing. Um, it was like only to look a certain way, but there's such a level of freedom when you can step into valuing yourself for what other people value you for. And I think when I started to realize that no one gave a shit how much I weighed, they ne- and quite honestly, it, they never noticed, you know, mm. if I had lost 10 pounds, gained 10, no one ever noticed, no one ever cared, no one's ever going to care as much as you do, um, and no one's going to love you any less because your weight is not what you think it should be. Um, I think that our bodies have a very, you know, we have an internal guiding system. And I think when people are dealing with, you know, on one end of the spectrum, like being anorexic or having disordered thoughts um, or like binging, I realized that so much of my um, issues with food was attached to feelings of like inadequacy and like trying to fill myself with something that I wasn't getting emotionally. Mm. Um, And so... Food can be this like a very emotional experience for so many people. Um, But when you finally, and this is not a a quick or easy or like one step process, but when you do take the time to address where those emotions are coming from, then the cravings or the disordered thoughts, like they just disintegrate. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's, it really is, it's so much more, I'd say the, the funniest thing about having Um, you know, disordered thinking about food is that none of it's actually about the food. Um, So I think really, really honing in on that and honing into my values and who I am and 
what I bring to this world is, you know, it's made all the difference. Yeah, it's interesting time because the podcast I have coming out on Monday is with a girl named Lacey uh, Rogers who was on Americans America's Next Top Model. I know who she is. But yeah. she went she went through a very similar process in high school mm-hmm. where she was being bullied. Uh, she dealt with. Uh, not eating and mm-hmm. didn't take till years later for her to look back and go, wow, I was intentionally counting under like a thousand calories a day mm-hmm. just because I didn't feel like I fit this perfect mold. Right. Um, and it's, yeah. And she similarly was just like, yeah, I don't weigh myself. I don't look at the number. And I think it's, do you, it's not about the number on the scale. It's about how do you feel today? Do you, it, and it's also not based on how do you look in the mirror? It's just mm-hmm. how do you feel, feel about your body? Your body? Yes. And then it just comes down to balance. Like mm-hmm. if you eat brownies every single day, every hour of the day, you're not going to feel good <laughs> because feel that good, food yeah. is not meant to feel you for the right, right ways. Uh, and I think that's the, the biggest shift that I had is not looking at it as like foods that um, are bad for me mm-hmm. or calories, but how do they actually make me feel when exactly. I eat it? And yeah. so then balancing it out where it's like, I know certain foods, it gives me energy for the day, yes. it makes me motivated. Yes. I know these foods are gonna make me feel tired and make me wanna go to sleep. Yeah, take a nice long nap. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, what, what what does that balance look like? But yeah, it's, it, it unfortunately is something that every, a lot of people in that, that, that four, 13, 14, mm-hmm. all the way through high school, early 20s, like our minds are just so, maybe it's changing now because of the world so. with like, how you know the positive side of the internet is you know maybe there's a girl that's going to listen to this podcast that's 14 years young and like her mind is being blown just by what you said and she's like wow why do i even care what the number is so i'm hope i hope that because of the communication that we have with people all over the world through all these social media platforms that it is helping people but uh, I think it's definitely as with anything on social media like it could be a double-edged sword you know it, it really all starts with the input that you allow yourself to have. So I went through a period of like unfollowing a lot of people that were triggering to me in some way. Um, And it's not any, you know, diss to them. It's like, you really have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. Yeah. If it feels good. If it feels right. Just feels aligned. Just do it. (laughs) Your, uh, your five rules for living the most fulfilled, impactful life include generosity, gratitude, connect service and bravery. Which rule has been the most relevant in your life in the past six months? I would say connect um, mm. both to other people, but also to myself. Mm. I think that, um, you know, bravery is like an everyday task. I think that the more you connect to yourself and the more you take time, you know, we had lots of time during COVID to be still. Um, and the more clear you get with things, the easier everything else works out. I think that part of... I know when I feel a little bit frazzled, um, it's typically because I'm, I'm not as connected as I should be. And I'm just trying to like grasp at things that I think are going to fulfill, you know, this feeling or this this task or whatever it may be. Um, but the, the more you connect and the more you can get clear, the, the simpler it all is. Mm, I love that word frazzled. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even frazzled. heard anybody use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I also think... Um, there's something important about, I was just reading this book of this girl I had a, on a podcast a couple months ago. It's called What I Wish I Knew About Love and the difference of, um, kind of similar, but a little bit different, but um, solitude versus loneliness. Mm, so and I think that is like, God damn, that was like, that's probably like one of the best things that I've learned in the last couple of years mm-hmm. is like to be comfortable being alone. Like I'm an extrovert. Yes. I want to be around yes. people all the time. Like 
there was a there's a little hesitation when I got home, back Sunday and both Robbie and Dan Tommy yelled, we're gone this weekend. I'm like, what do you mean? I got the, right. I got the whole place to myself. What am I supposed to do? Who am I going to talk to? Like talk to the walls? There is that little hesitation. And then I go, no, this is great because it gives me time to have peace yeah. and quiet. And uh, it's it. I think we're both in a place in our life now where um, – we see it as solitude. We don't mm-hmm. see it as loneliness. And we also recognize like how important it is with totally. the, the lifestyles that we live. But there have been times I'm, I know back in my life where I would look at that as loneliness. Yes. And like, why yes. don't I have people to be around? Yes. Why don't I have people to text? Like, what is it? Me, 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 me. And, and instead of changing the perspective going, wow, this is beautiful. I have time to myself. I have yeah. time to reflect. And I think that's been a, a big shift that I've seen. And if you had to pick one rule on that list, what would it be for you? for the last six months that yeah. have been ooh. I'm not gonna use gratitude because that's a tad in on my hands so I feel like that's an easy like out yeah, yeah. Um, service mm. because that's that is why I got back into podcasting mm-hmm. it was just so much downtime and last this time last year from like March April, probably April April May and June I was throwing all these ideas to the walls like I bought a surfboard did that for a couple of weeks I bought an Xbox One, got back into gaming for a couple of weeks. I had my parents ship out my golf clubs, did that for a couple weeks. And I was like, these are fun, but like, it's just not it. Eh. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not feeling Means it. Means to an end. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, what's, what is the purpose of this? Like yeah. the golfing, I've all, I already have other things that I do to work out. The surfing was fun, but it was just like such a full day commitment that yeah. I was like, I don't want to commit my whole day to it. I love being on the beach, but I don't love this, this yeah. surfing thing. Golf was like, this is cool, but I don't actually enjoy the sport. I don't know. Yeah. It was just like so many different things. Or the Xbox was like, I, I was like replaying like my high school days. Like, oh, it's right, going to be fun connecting right. with the homies again. But it's like all the homies have moved right. on. You know what I mean? I'm like fucking sick. I'm like talking shit to some 12-year-old and who knows where in the world. I was like, this is over. But it was, yeah, it was, once again, it was it was just like leaning into like, I miss podcasting. It was something that was such of an identity for me for three years. It was like, why don't you get back into it? Like, do you just, have a, Do you remember the moment where you're like, I, is, is this it? Yeah. Like, like, like questioning if like this one. Yeah. yeah. Crazy timing. I was flying back from Massachusetts. It was this time. It was oh, July. Wow. It was July of last year. Were you fly, so you're flying back here from I was home. flying, but yeah, I was, so I was like, had all the feels from being home yeah. and like, that's light bulb moment. Just you asking that question because I had stillness. I was back home visiting family. I wasn't around LA and all these instant gratifi- gratifiers of like parties mm-hmm. and going here and seeing this person doing this. I was back home to stillness and a lot of time to reflect in the summertime. And um, I remember on the flight back, it was like it, it, leading up to July of last year, I was reco- I was putting out a solo pod once every like four weeks. I was just like, all right, let's put out a podcast, you know? And then on the flight back, I remember writing the script for a podcast called um, Don't Overthink It. I think it was episode 13 of this podcast. It was like, don't overthink it or something like that. And I wrote out the script on the flight. Like, you know what you want to do. Stop coming up with these excuses of like, you can't get back into the game or like this rebrand is like a shift and like, it's right. not the same. And uh, I got back and I just knew it was like, this is what I'm going to fucking do. I'm going to put out a solo pod a week. I'm going to put out a guest pod a week. I'm going to go full throttle and did that up until wow. this would be the one year in July. Wow. So I'm so honored to yeah. be here for the Let's one year. <laughs> yeah. This would literally be it. So, that's and, so and that's awesome. when I recognize the service is like, it's such a service to myself, but mm-hmm. also to the people to that listen. listen. Yeah. Uh, Me. You're your number one go. fan. <laughs> Listening to every episode. Let's go. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, even the podcast with Lacey, we were talking about like therapy and how that's been beneficial for mm-hmm. her. And uh, she was funny. She's like, I just fucking hate how it costs so much. Like, it's not fair. Like, you want to help <laughs> sure me, does. but like, it costs a lot of money. And I was laughing with her, but um, I was like, this is my therapy. Yeah. A lot of the soul pods is my therapy. And I get to say the things that are on top of mind. You get and to speak what's on your speak heart. Speak whatever's on yeah. my heart and put it out there in the world and see who listens. So, service is. Uh, is definitely the one that's been most uh, most most relevant in my life for that. sure. I think too, this is, this will be such a special thing for you to look back on like ten years from now because you will. I I bet. I mean, I could be wrong, but I bet you you can listen to each episode and remember where you were in your life based on what you decided to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think, and I think that's what's so special about it is like I think when you do those solo podcasts, like. From a listener standpoint, people get to get like a peek inside your inner world. Like, what's what's Bobby thinking about? Like, what's on his mind? Mm. Oh, it's, pro- it's probably this because this is what you decided to talk about this week. Now I gotta ask a question, yeah. and I wouldn't have asked this because I usually <laughs> don't like talking about myself. What's been from the from what you've heard in the last couple months, couple weeks? What has been a takeaway or a realization that you've had? Oh man, honestly, I think I don't know if I I've learned so much, and I know I've said this to you before separately, but. Um, you have a way of connecting with people that I think is really special because I've heard many of the same people that you've interviewed on other podcasts and the, the conversation and what I learn about them is so different. Mm. Um, and so I think that's one piece of it. And I think the second piece of it is like watching you, not even like the actual content of the podcast, which is a whole nother piece, but watching you do this when no one's watching, I mean, everyone's watching and listening but you know what i mean like when you are your own boss and you're the only person to hold yourself accountable that to me is like the most inspiring thing because Mm -hmm. like you could you know hang up the microphone tomorrow and say like i don't want to do this anymore but this is the most i i find it so incredibly inspiring like that you just you just keep pumping it out and you keep going through the motions getting those reps in um and the actual content of the podcast has been amazing i just i mean i find you personally one of like the most inspiring people i know with like the messages that you preach and and the the motivation that you bring and and it's it comes so naturally from you Mm. well and i i greatly appreciate that it fucking means the world to me and i think the only reason it comes natural is because of what you just said i just have continuously put in the reps that Mm -hmm it is just naturally grown. And I think if people really saw like the number of plays per episode, they would literally ask like, why do you still do it? But I'm just like, I just fucking know that like the day is going to come when the mm-hmm. opportunity is, is ready. is presented to me and I'm going to smash this baby out of the park. Like, yep. and that's what I know is I just know all it takes is one. And so I'm just, focusing on the 24 hours at a time of what can I control what can I can control I knew waking up today I have this podcast fired up about that tomorrow I'll worry about the podcast I have on Friday it's just like what are the controllables and just fucking doing it to the highest possible level that I can do it at but um yeah when you I mean it's like the one question that I think is so uh easy to ask yourself but also could be really hard to ask yourself when you find out the true answer is if money was never an issue for the rest of your life, would you still be doing what you're doing? Or on the opposite end, what would you do if money was never an issue? And it's like, I'm still going to do this because mm-hmm. I love the connection of people. I love every aspect of what this this p- podcast platform gives to me. So that's where I'm like, I know I'm heading down the right path. Yep. Do I still have the limiting beliefs? And do I still question myself from time to time? Absolutely. More often than people probably even realize, I just choose not to push that energy to the world because it's like, I'm not going to be a, a pity party of like, 
I'm not getting the right opportunities or right. like I'm not blah blah like I'm not going to be that guy. But I have those moments in my head and I have to check myself and just go, well, why don't you look at where you are today and ask yourself, would you be here if you had stopped? I yep. wouldn't have met Robbie, which means I wouldn't be living with him. Yep. I wouldn't have met Brandon Cohn, which means I wouldn't have the career Liquid IV. Yep. I wouldn't have the all these people that are around me if it wasn't for me continuously doing it. So it's like, well, I might not be doing it full time just yet, but looking at all the things that have come into my life from just continuously walking down this path, I got to keep doing it. And that's the one thing I preach to people is like, you outside looking in, you can look at ratings, you can look at my downloads, you can look at all this stuff, but you can't measure all the the real things that have come from it. So it's like, I'm just going to fucking keep doing it. And when the day is supposed to come, it'll blow up the overnight success will happen oh, and all the all the years of uh just yeah the, the 10 it. year overnight success yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly and i think too this is something that i i use to remind myself often is like if you were to tell your you know your your child self like where you are now even though it may not be exactly where you want to be i mean as ambitious people i know we always want to like take that next step um if you could tell yourself be like dude like look look at all these people yeah. you've met Look at all everything that's happened. Um, like, would you be able to believe yourself? Like, would you be so amazed? Be like, what? What the fuck? I did that. It's crazy. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. That's sick. And and I think that it helps to put things into perspective because when when you're in it and it starts to feel, you know, air quotes, normal, um, and you and you don't no longer see it from the outside perspective, it's like really. Um, powerful to be able to take a step back and you know it, it's the cheesy quote of like you know look at where you are now and remember where you wanted to be you know today yeah five years ago. that's that's the the biggest thing that i always get when i go home is it's like this this like emotional timeline because i'm seeing totally. like i have that same feeling even when i go it's only 20 miles away but when i go home physically being it it's like this very it's like a nostalgic feeling yeah. but also like i i remember this is where so many of my ideas were born and um, yeah, I, I feel that too. Yeah. It's good though. It's good to, you know, obviously we're go-getters. We want to keep moving forward and we want to keep getting to the next destination and whatnot. But when you take that time to actually pause and look at where you came from, it's like, all right, if I've gotten to here, then it's unquestionable that at some point I'm going to get to whatever that vision looks like moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it's just taking those time to, uh, to slow down and, and actually reflect and think exactly. about it. This is great. Uh, final cues and we'll kind of wrap up. Quick kind of cues, uh, kind of going similar along that lines. If you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice, what would it be, and when would you? What? Where would this be in your life that you would go back to? Oh man, that is a tough one. Um, so many different points in my life where I could have <laughs> could have interjected some wisdom. Um, I think honestly, the I think that the the time that's most top of mind for me would probably be right when I was starting Toto, Mm. made by now Toto. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because I really, I really didn't know how I was going to get from point A to B. I just, you know, did just kept going, putting in the reps every single day and learning slowly, but surely. Um, and I think that the lesson that I would give myself is, um, is that, no, like having the power to continue on is going to, and the the mindset 
to continue on is going to outwork the people who have all these degrees and have all this experience any day of the week. Um, Because at the end of the day, like your mindset, it truly is everything. It's what's going to, you know, inspire you to work hard, inspire you to think outside the box. And I think that um, one of my biggest assets in many ways along this journey has been not being in this industry and having this deep knowledge of like what the normal things are to do because my brain just isn't naturally attuned to thinking the normal way. So we've, Mm -hmm. you know, come up with so many different creative ideas, some very exciting things that will be coming soon. I can't wait to share um, that that are definitely uh, unconventional and and out of the box. But I think that, um, you know, it it can be a huge asset when when you just own who you are. Mm. so mindset and own it. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Be, be you. Yeah. And, and don't uh, don't compare yourself and just fully go. Comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, that is the damn truth. <laughs> what's uh, what's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? Oh, man. Um, I think I, I'm really proud of myself, honestly, for the commitment that I've, the commitments that I've made to myself to keep, like, you know, working out in the morning and, and just like going through those motions. So I think that I feel, I feel pretty solid on that. Maybe something that I would like always love more of is like just that, that time with friends and that Mm. being present. Um, yeah, I mean, the faster things move, which is every single day, it's, you know, harder and harder to, to be present. But, um, once I, I, I'm a pretty, I like to think that I'm a relatively aware person. So I think it's just about like, once I finally gain that awareness that I'm extremely not present, then from that point on, I'm like, okay, we need, we need to disconnect (laughs) here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think learning how to slow down. That's good. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think is relevant for myself and for a lot of people. But <laughs> yes. it's always a work in progress. Yes. Um, one thing that on a personal was really awesome for me to see was uh, the connection my sister had with you when she yes, was here. I love and her. She, she's listening. I, I miss I'm you. I'm sure love she's you. <laughs> got a notepad out for this entire episode and taking notes. But, um, you know, that's one thing that when she was leaving L.A. and I talked to her about you when I was back uh, over this past week. or I didn't talk about this, but... Um, one thing when she was leaving LA and she had spoke so highly about you and how she, oh my God, she would fucking awesome. bubbles. Oh yeah. <laughs> bubbles for, you know, so having a conversation connection. with you. But it was so cool for me because I think, and I can't speak on her behalf, but I feel like you're one of the first um, women really that she's ever met that is like a founder and is like fucking owns it and is just like a boss woman, you know? And I was like, that is so cool for her to like, meet somebody like you because I think it empowers her. And mm-hmm. I think it, you know, she's like the most spiritual bee and she's like, I don't have to worry about her. I know she's just like marching to the beat of her own drum, but I was like yeah. so happy when I thought about that. I was like, wow, this is really like something cool for her to connect and like see you. Totally. My question would be is how do you want to inspire and empower other women? And that's something that even I've been, I've been doing a better job of like intentionally looking to get more women on the podcast because mm. I unintentionally was just like meeting people and right. I was like, oh yeah, let's get you on, let's get you on. Oh wow, the last 30 episodes were all guys. Yes. But now I'm like, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable to like, yes. yes, there are these guys you really want to interview, but like let's try to show a balance and mm-hmm. maybe do so so that your sister has people to look up to that are women. Totally. So how do you want to empower or inspire other women? I think that as a 
women business owner, um, you know, business is business. And a lot of business is, in theory, you know, it it can be a lot of tough decisions and, you know, leading with logic and leading with, you know, whole lots of numbers, all of which are very important. But I will say that I find female founders and business owners incredibly inspiring. And I think that they not, you know, no, no, uh, (laughs) no diss to the guys, but I think that women truly have such a special superpower because they have a level of compassion and understanding that is beyond, um, it's, it's just beyond what I've, I've personally witnessed in, in a lot of like, you know, maybe more like logic driven companies. And I think that, um, I, especially, you know, this being a first time founder and being a solo founder, um, it was, I was getting wrapped up in the idea of like needing to be more assertive, um, and be more manly, qual- mm. you know, and, and it didn't feel natural to me. And I've realized that you can be an extremely powerful leader and be compassionate and be vulnerable and talk about, you know, eating disorders and talk about, you know, cancer and sickness and, and, and having these weaknesses because you're a real whole person. Um, and I think that, uh, leading with compassion and not being afraid to show your weaknesses just shows your strength. Um, I'd say that. And I think also, um, as women, I think that we have a a competitive nature. And I think that, you know, as a quote says, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, The more we succeed alone, the more we can succeed together. Um, So just empowering like your fellow female founders and business owners and whatever, whatever, whether they're a competitor or they're in a different space. Um, I, I know that I definitely went through a, a period of that too, where I was like, oh, well, you know, if they do good, maybe that means that we're not going to do as well. And it just, I, I've totally reframed my mindset because a rising tide truly does lift all boats. And the, the more, the better someone does, the, the more attention it will get you too. And as long as you're being true to yourself and your story and like, that's, that's all you can really ask for. Mm, that's beautiful. I also think, uh, seeing other people win and succeed just shows yes. you it's proof it shows of concept. You it's possible. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. Yeah. So true. No, it's beautiful. What's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential? The most important thing, believe. Um, it's the hardest thing, hardest thing, but it's the most important thing. Um, and it has to be, you know, true and through without, I think that, um, the deeper belief, the deep knowing that you can have and, 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 be also being okay like if that belief changes and just continuing to honor that new truth is incredibly important um sometime to reach sometimes when people think that they're reaching their inner potential the first path that they take may not be the right path mm. but it may be the right path to get them to their next path um so just continue to believe that what you're feeling feelings are your your inner guidance system um and i think that the more that people tune into that and stop resisting things for for the logical reasons um the happier they'll be and the farther they'll go yeah that's a great mindset to have is that even though you might uh, think you're on the right path and you find out it's not well that yeah. just got you one step closer to where you really so need to true. be so true so i think that's really important what is one challenge for the listeners you have today if they made it through the last 70 mm. ish minutes of this podcast uh as they wrap up this podcast what is one challenge you have for them today i so i'm reading a book called the artist's way it's incredibly fascinating have you read it definitely have it yeah <laughs> it's really good um and 
part of the artist way talks about uh, something called morning pages, but it can be done at mm-hmm. any time of day. Um, I it's somewhat my journaling style, but I would challenge the people listening to open a notebook or grab a piece of paper, you know, notebook, whatever, any sort of like writing surface and a pen or pencil and just sit there for at least 30 minutes in stillness and just see what comes out. It doesn't have to be anything logical. It doesn't need to be sentences. Maybe it's a drawing. I've found it so incredibly therapeutic. And I also have realized like when I force myself to sit there and just like be and think, I may not think that I have anything to say, but you'd be surprised what comes out on paper. Mm, I know it's, that was uh, something that my seventh grade teacher got us doing. And I, I, love that. And I didn't, he was just like, you have to <laughs> write for very, 10 minutes. Very progressive. I know. I didn't realize at the time. He's like, you have 10 minutes. You cannot lift up your pencil. You have to keep moving. You get an A plus. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep writing. But my God, the amount of things that will come out from totally. you just writing. Totally. And just, because it, it's things that have to bubble up. Yep. And so at some yep. point you're gonna cross some you're gonna cross some bridges that exactly. maybe you didn't realize you were gonna cross. <laughs> but I think that's a really good challenge. I don't think I've ever had anyone. Ch- uh, there may, there might have been some journaling uh, challenge at this point, but I think that's really important. That's really good. Perspective. Cindy Webb, two years. A two lot's years. changed. I think uh, I think chapter three when we do the third podcast is gonna be even better. But yes, um, can't wait. I have nothing but respect uh, for you as a founder. Uh, love the energy. Love that. Ever since I moved to Venice, I think I've seen you more in the last six, yes. seven months than I've seen you since we Forever, met like two yeah. years. Um, but what, like I was just saying, like really, uh, my sister was so thoroughly excited to have met you. And oh. I, to me, was just like so proud that she met you because I know how much of an inspiration you've already played to her. Um, but just everything, you know, why you do what you do, I think is really important. I think that's always my, mm-hmm. I don't care if you build cardboard boxes for a living, if you work at a, if you own a coffee shop, if you, whatever you do, I, I'm always, I want to know why you do it. And I mm-hmm. think the why of which you have built is incredibly important. Um, and I know that Toto is going to go on to grow into this massive Watch brand out, and I will 100% <laughs> be a food tester or a cookie tester there you when go. needed. Chief cookie testing chief, officer. C, was that chief CC? CCTO. Uh, let's go. Get me in on that. But uh, just nothing but love and respect for you. And uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the Thank pod today. Thank you so much. This has been great. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a favor to ask from you, beautiful ladies and gentlemen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please, please, please screenshot this episode, post it to your IG story, tag Sydney. I love Sydney's IG because she also has an absurd amount of A's. <laughs> True. So her, her, her handle is S-Y-D-N-E-Y-O-L-I-V-I-A-A-A-H. Sydney Olivia. I'll have it tagged up in the description of this podcast. Tag her. Tag me at Babe. That's B-O, three B's, four A's, and a Y. Let us know what the biggest takeaway was, what the biggest learning was. We are both extremely curious to hear what you learned, so please share it out, as well as I will have Toto's actual Instagram uh, linked up in the description. That is T-O-T-O-F-O-O-D-S-C-O as well as their website is T-O-T-O-F-O-O-D-S dot C-O. That will be linked up in the description. I highly recommend you buy some cookie dough, you bake it, or matter of fact, just when it comes in, get out a spoon and just eat that shit out of it. (laughs) Out of the fucking packaging because who doesn't love raw cookie dough? I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Delicious. Sydney Webb, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Bobby. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya!